This is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Well, good morning, Gathering family. It's so good to be with you. Uh, We continue today the series through Joseph, looking specifically at Genesis 45 and 46. So I invite you to take a hard copy of God's Word or a digital copy of God's Word, and let's follow along together. With millions of confirmed cases and hundreds of thousands of deaths, COVID-19 has caused much pain, much heartache, much grief around the world. It's been heartbreaking to read and hear the stories uh, related to this global pandemic. No doubt one of the most difficult realities is when patients and family members have to be separate from each other. In fact, it's difficult to even imagine your loved one being in the hospital and not being able to go and visit with them. But recently I heard the story of 61-year-old Danny Dean. After spending two months in the hospital and 44 days on a ventilator, Danny was released and from the hospital and he was reunited with his family. Patty, Danny's wife of 42 years, said, It is a miracle that he is here with us. And I love what Danny said. He said, I am not supposed to be here, but God saw different, and He was with me every step of the way. As we come to Genesis 45, we don't find a global pandemic, but we find a global famine. And the focus is primarily on Joseph's father, Jacob. As I studied Jacob's life, I discovered that he had given a similar response as Danny Dean. In Genesis 35, Jacob told his family, God has been with me wherever I have gone. But shortly after saying this, Jacob's precious wife, Rachel, died. And shortly after that, his father, Isaac, died. It's interesting later on then to see how Jacob describes his life. Genesis 47, verse 9, he said, My pilgrimage has been 130 years. My years have been few and hard hard. In Jacob's mind, he has had a tough life. Some of it, no doubt, brought on by actions that he had made, decisions that he had made. For example, as a young man, Jacob had deliberately and deceitfully stolen his father's blessing that was due his older brother Esau. As a result, Esau determined to kill Jacob, and so Jacob went on the run for his life. But some of Jacob's pain and heartache had been brought on by others. For example, his own sons had sold their brother Joseph into slavery and then led Jacob to believe that he had been killed by a vicious animal. And it's evident as you study Jacob's life, he never got over the loss of his son Joseph. So Jacob's life was a roller coaster ride, ups and downs, and in Jacob's mind, more downs than ups. Maybe you today can relate to Jacob. Maybe you've struggled in your life more lows than highs. You may be struggling in your marriage or in a relationship with your child. Maybe there's tension in home, in your home or, or tension at work. Maybe you struggle with the loss of a loved one or a friend or even a job loss. Maybe you've struggled financially. And maybe COVID-19 has cause some type of hardship for you. Whatever your struggle today, know this, God is with us every step of the way. 
And He can turn our despair to hope. He can turn our grief to joy. And so as we walk through Genesis 45 and 46, we discover some realities that can encourage us no matter what we're facing today. The first reality is that God provides for our needs through unlikely means. He provides for our needs through unlikely means. Look at Genesis 45, verse 16. When the report was heard in Pharaoh's house, Joseph's brothers have come. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Do this, load your beasts and go back to the land of Canaan. And take your father and your households and come to me and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you shall eat the fat of the land. And you, Joseph, are commanded to say, do this, take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives and bring your father and come. Have no concern for your goods for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. The sons of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh and gave them provisions for the journey. To each and all of them he gave a change of clothes, but to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five changes of clothes. To his father he sent as follows, ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and provision for his father on the journey. It's really neat how God provides for his children sometimes. In our story today, we see how God used Pharaoh to provide for Jacob and his family's needs. Pharaoh heard the good news that Joseph's brothers were visiting Egypt, and so he invited them to return home and bring their entire family back to Egypt to live. And Pharaoh didn't just invite them to return, he ordered wagons and provisions to be given them for their journey back home and their subsequent, subsequent return trip to Egypt. God was working in incredible ways during a global famine to provide for His children. And notice, God also impressed upon Pharaoh's heart to give the best of the land of Egypt to Jacob and his family. In fact, Pharaoh went on to say, the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Wow! Not just the best, but the best of all the land of Egypt. God was providing for His children in unlikely ways. It was a wonderful reminder to Jacob and to his family that they were not forgotten by God. The reality for Jacob and for us is that God has not forgotten us. No doubt most, if not all of us, have stories of how God has provided for us through unlikely means. I'll never forget a time when Shelley and I had some financial needs and how God provided through a unlikely means. I received a check from the government. It was back pay that I was due from the death of my dad about 17 years earlier. Amazing. An unlikely means that God would use to provide for our family. But the greatest way God provided for us is by sending His Son, Christ Jesus, to die on the cross to pay our sin debt in full. You see, we have all sinned, and because of our sin, we deserve to be separate from God for eternity. But everyone who comes to Jesus by faith receives the free gift of eternal life. It's a gift that we couldn't earn. It's a gift that we certainly didn't deserve. But it's a gift from God. God made a way. He provided our salvation. 
through an unlikely means. He is the God of the impossible. A second reality to encourage us is that God provides hope when all hope seems lost. God provides hope when all hope seems lost. Genesis 45, verse 25. So they, Joseph's brothers, went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob. And they told him, Joseph is still alive, and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. And his heart became numb, for he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had sent to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. For over 20 years, Jacob had mourned the loss of his son, Joseph. When Jacob was presented with Joseph's bloody robe, he feared a vicious animal had devoured him and tore him to pieces. And Scripture tells us, Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. The news of Joseph's presumed death had broken the heart of Jacob and caused him to enter a state of great sorrow and grief. So much so, he refused to be comforted. But now his sons tell him, Joseph is alive. Not only is he alive, he's the ruler over all the land of Egypt. No doubt, we've all heard and probably even said, if something seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And that's probably how Jacob felt at this very moment. His heart became numb. It's as if Jacob almost suffered a heart attack. He became paralyzed, weakened, and helpless. But Scripture tells us he did not believe them. It was just too good to be true. But his sons persisted. So Jacob listened to them, and then he saw all the provisions that Joseph had sent to him and his spirit revived. God provided Jacob hope when all hope seemed lost. It reminds me of what the disciples must have felt when Jesus died on the cross. They gave up hope of ever seeing him again. And even after the news of Jesus' resurrection, some of them still struggled to believe that he was really alive. The news seemed just too good to be true. But praise God, it wasn't. God provided hope when all hope seemed lost. Whatever you're facing today, whatever seems impossible to you, remember the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 3, that God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. He's the God of the impossible. As we look back at our text, we see there was a mixture of uncertainty and joy. So Jacob set out for Egypt. Genesis 46, verse 1. So Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. Jacob was leaving everything behind, everything familiar, to go to a foreign country and live in a culture much different than he was used to. It was a very emotional and very stressful time for Jacob. And this is very apparent as he arrives in Beersheba. Beersheba was at the southern tip 
of the land of Canaan. In other words, once you left Beersheba heading south, you were leaving Canaan, the promised land. So Jacob was about to leave home. He was about to leave the land that God had promised him. Beersheba was a special place, a place rich in history for Jacob's family. Abraham, Jacob's grandfather, had dug a well there, planted a tree there, called on the name of the Lord there, and even lived there. Isaac, Jacob's father, had built an altar there when God renewed the promise that he had made to him, that he had made to Abraham. And as a young boy, Jacob had also lived with his family in Beersheba. By the way, this move for Jacob is a great reminder for all of us. This world is not our home. We don't belong here. We're just passing through. As Christians, we're temporary residents looking forward to our eternal home. Jacob was not only about to leave his home in Canaan. He was about to head to Egypt, the very place that his grandfather Abraham had fled during a famine. But Abraham had gotten into trouble in Egypt. And then later during another famine, his father Isaac was thinking about going to Egypt but God would not allow him to go. So when Jacob arrived in Beersheba, on his way to Egypt, he he was struggling. He was questioning. He was doubting. He was afraid. I've been reading recently the book, I Am Changes Who I Am. And a statement that the author, Greg Matt, makes seems to articulate what Jacob may have been feeling at this moment. Matt writes, The walk of faith can be simultaneously exciting and terrifying. Simultaneously exciting and terrifying. On one hand, for Jacob, it was exciting. He would see his son Joseph again. But on the other hand, it was terrifying because he was leaving everything he knew, everything he was familiar with. So Jacob wasn't sure if this was the right thing to do or not. So what does he do? Jacob stops and he offers sacrifices. The reason for these sacrifices becomes very clear in the context. Jacob is seeking God's guidance. He needs direction. He wants to be sure if he's doing the right thing. And notice what happens. Jacob seeks God and God speaks to Jacob. Look at verse 3 of chapter 46, verse 2. And God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I also will bring you up again. And Joseph's hands shall close your eyes. Like Jacob, when we seek God, God speaks to us. He gives us direction. He gives us insight. He gives us wisdom. He speaks when we seek Him. He speaks through His Word. He speaks through His Holy Spirit. He speaks through godly counsel. He speaks through circumstances. But one thing is sure, He always speaks when we seek Him. And God's response to Jacob reveals a third reality that can encourage us today. And that is, 
God provides us the promise of His continual presence. He provides us the promise of His continual presence. God came to Jacob, graciously reassuring him the promise of His presence. He wanted Jacob not to be afraid to go to Egypt. God tells him, don't be afraid. I am God. Verse 3, then God said, I am God, the God of your father. God tells him, don't be afraid. I'm going to bless you. Verse 3, I will make you into a great nation. God is a promise keeper. He keeps every promise he makes because he is absolutely faithful and trustworthy. God had made a threefold promise to Jacob's grandfather, Abraham. God had promised him land, numerous descendants, and that he would be a blessing for all the nations. God later renewed this same threefold promise to his father Isaac and then to Jacob. By the way, the list of Jacob's family members recorded here in Genesis 46, 8 through 27 is further evidence that God is faithful and trustworthy. Think about it. From Abraham and Sarah, who at one point were childless, to this offspring, now 70 members of Jacob's family, God was preserving a remnant, a nation to fulfill His promise and to proclaim His name throughout the world. Since Abraham, God had protected, provided for, and preserved His children. He's always faithful. He's always trustworthy. And third, God told Jacob, don't be afraid. I'm going with you. Verse four, I myself will go down with you to Egypt. The reality is this today. God isn't limited to one location. He never has been. He's omnipresent. He is all present. He's present everywhere all the time. He's with us each step of the way. And then God told Jacob, don't be afraid. I'm going to bring you back home. Verse 4, I will also bring you up again. God graciously and lovingly provided Jacob the promise of his continual presence. The good news today is that those of us who are in Christ, we have the very same promise. Before His crucifixion on the cross, Jesus told His disciples that the Father would give a helper to be with you forever. That helper is the Holy Spirit who comes to live in every believer at the moment of salvation. And then after His resurrection, just before Jesus went back to heaven to be with His Father, He told His disciples, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, we're reminded of God's promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God has graciously and lovingly provided us with the promise of His continual presence. You and I who are in Christ Jesus, we are never alone. We are never on our own. We have the God of the impossible with us everywhere we go. Uh, there's a fourth reality that can encourage us today, and that is God provides us the promise of a joyful reunion. He provides us the promise of a joyful reunion. Look at verse 4 of chapter 46. 
I will also bring you up again. And get this. And Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. What a promise to Jacob. After nearly 20 years of being separated from his son, God assures him of a joyful reunion. He would see Joseph again. And then in verse 5, Jacob set out from Beersheba. The sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, their little ones, and their wives in the wagons that Pharaoh had sent to carry him. They also took their livestock and their goods, which they had gained in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt. Jacob and all his offspring with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, all his offspring he brought with him into Egypt. Now, jump to verse 28. He, Jacob, had sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to show the way before him in Goshen, and they came into the land of Goshen. Then Joseph prepared his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, in Goshen. He presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Israel said to Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen your face and know that you are still alive. We can only imagine the tears that were shed. Not tears of sorrow this time, no. Tears of great joy. And I can just imagine Joseph grabbing his father's neck and just hanging on to him while the tears flowed. Over 22 years separated. What an emotional, intimate time it must have been for this reunion. Jacob certainly knew the pain of absence. But by God's grace, Jacob's faith had become sight. He had left Canaan trusting the provision and the promises of God. And God had turned his despair to hope and his grief to joy. Joseph also knew the pain of absence. Nearly 22 years. He knew what it was to grieve. But God also turned his grief to joy. Jacob and Joseph's reunion remind me of the parable of the prodigal son. The son decided he wanted his inheritance, and so he went and asked his father for his share of his inheritance. And his father gave it to him. And the son left home. And he went and wasted every cent. And when he was at his lowest point, living with pigs, he came to his senses and decided to return home. And Scripture tells us while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. What does that tell us? It tells us probably every day the father is walking out, walking down the road, looking, maybe today my son will come home. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. The father welcomed his son back home. What a reunion. And this reunion of Jacob and Joseph foreshadows the greatest reunion of all. 
When those who are in Christ are gathered to Jesus to spend eternity with Him. I remind you today of Jesus' promise. In my Father's house are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. What a promise of a joyful reunion for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. No doubt today. I'm sure there have been moments in all of our lives when we've despaired over events that have unfolded in our lives. Moments when we've grieved the loss of someone or something very meaningful to us, very dear to us. But the reality is God was with us every step of the way. Just like He was for Danny Dean, just like He was for Jacob, He is for us. He's with us every step of the way. He never leaves us. He will be with us until we're safely home with Him. So whatever you're facing today, whatever seems impossible for you today, remember, God is with you every step of the way. And He is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. He's the God of the impossible. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today that you provide for our daily needs. But most important, that you provide it for our spiritual need by sending Jesus to die on the cross to pay our sin debt in full. Thank you for the hope that we have in you because you raised Jesus from the dead. You brought him back to life. Thank you, Father, that you do not leave us alone, that you don't leave us on our own, that you are always with us. And therefore, we don't need to be afraid of anything. And thank you, Father, this morning that we have the promise of a joyful reunion, that one day our faith will become sight when we stand in your presence. And Father, today, for those who may be feeling overwhelmed with despair or grief, meet them where they are. Remind them that you're with them every step of the way and fill them with hope and with joy just as you did, Jacob. Thank you for your word today, Father. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for being the God of the impossible. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, gathering family.